Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. So to set this up, I want you to imagine with me that you start a brand new podcast, and you start this podcast about something that you are very interested in and very curious about. You may not know all the things about it. You might not have all the connections. You might not even be an expert on this thing, but you just start it because it's something that you like or you enjoy or that you're curious about. So let's say you do this and you start to collect interviews. And through those interviews, you start to get downloads. You start to get listeners who are asking for more. You also start to build relationships with people in that industry who then start to talk about you who start to share you with their friends who also wanna be on your show. And then you have your audience really loving what you're doing. And they start sending you thank you notes. They start sending you emails saying, oh, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? Again, even though you're not necessarily an expert on that topic. And then all of a sudden, you create a program to help those people because through the dozens of interviews you've done, you've actually gained a a lot of knowledge through that. You have a lot of connections through your new Rolodex that has been created. That's your contact list of all these new friends that you've created in the space. You go to an event, you become a celebrity at the event because you're the person who's happened to step up and start interviewing all these people. Well, that's exactly what happened to Erica Vieira, host of the YouTube Power Hour podcast. You can also find her at ericaviera.net. She started a little podcast just kind of on the side on top of her nine to five because she was very curious about the world of YouTube, specifically successful female YouTubers. And she just started interviewing them. And lo and behold, now she has a six-figure business and a collection of all these amazing relationships with these other female YouTubers who are now name-dropping her on their channel and thus growing her audience and her authority as well. And we have her in the studio today to talk shop so that you can learn how to do this too. So sit back, because this is gonna be sweet. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, go ahead, ask him how awesome his voiceover guy is, Pat Flynn. 
Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Thanks so much for joining me today on the Smart Passive Income Podcast. You're listening to session 414. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And Erica Vera found a way to do it through the world of podcasting in a brilliant case study from start to where she's at now. We're gonna take her and take you through the whole thing so that you know exactly how this was done. It wasn't all a pretty picture all the way through. She actually stopped uh, in the middle a little bit and she'll talk about why. She also uh, has two kids and is just doing amazing things, balancing all this as well. And then at the end, I just kind of ask her because you know she has all these connections to these amazing YouTubers and she's a, a very knowledgeable person in the space of YouTube as well. I was just like, hey, what's working on YouTube today? And she answers in probably the, 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 the best way that I needed to hear because I have been doing a lot of things on YouTube recently and she said exactly what I needed to hear. And I know that you're gonna enjoy hearing that as well. It's the best advice I, I've heard so far about YouTube. So make sure you stick around to the end to hear that. But without further ado, here she is, Erica Vieira. Erica, welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks so much for being here today. I am so excited to be here, Pat. You have no idea. I've been listening to your podcast for years and you're definitely one of my inspirations for starting my business. So I wanted to thank you so much for that. And it's such an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to have you on. You are a longtime podcaster as well. And actually that's what kickstarted this almost surprise accidental, if you want to call it business. And I'm really mm -hmm. excited because I love podcasting, as you know, and mm -hmm. I love the crazy, cool, interesting, new, unexpected opportunities that it can create for people. So I want you to talk about, number one, starting with wanting to start a podcast and just take us through the journey of what happened after doing that. I hope this gets everybody excited. And then I'm going to unpack sort of just more about well, how did this all happen? Because really, it's truly an amazing story. So let's start with like your podcast and then what that did for you. Yeah, so I was an avid podcast listener. Like you're definitely one of the podcasts that I first listened to. I remember like, I remember listening to your podcast on my drives. I had a job in sales and outside sales. So I was in LA traffic listening to podcasts like yours, John Lee Dumas, uh, just so many different business-related, health-related podcasts. So I was a podcast junkie. Mm -hmm. And I also had some experience doing red carpet reporting. I worked with uh, actually another podcast network, but I did more red carpet reporting and celebrity interviews for them. Um, it's called After Buzz and Maria Menounos. She's an entertainment reporter. So I did some entertainment reporting and I always really enjoyed interviewing people. And as part of that entertainment reporting, I was actually asked to go to VidCon, which is here in Orange County, which is a big YouTube convention. Prior to that, this was years ago too. Prior to that, I was like, oh, like YouTube, yeah, whatever, you know, but you don't realize it until you're at one of those conferences and conventions that like, oh my God, these YouTubers are just insanely popular. People oh, yeah. were more excited about them than they were when I interviewed Usher on the red carpet. Like it was it was insane. And this, this was, this must, at this point must've been at least five years ago. So, um, I was like, wow, this is, this is a big deal. And, and I don't really feel like a lot of people are talking about it. So I personally also enjoyed watching YouTube videos, beauty specifically. And I just came up with this idea of, I am fascinated by these people's lives. They're girl next door, boy next door, whatever. And they just decided to start a YouTube channel. And now they're basically celebrities mm -hmm. and how interesting that must be and what that must be behind the scenes, like what that must mean to go from literally, you know, girl next door to a 
superstar. And so I came up with this idea to host a podcast uh, because it's just as an extension as something fun to do. Like I said, I was working the corporate. I actually worked at commercial real estate for a while. And I just wanted an outlet, something fun to do. And I had that experience doing red carpet reporting. Like I was always doing some kind of a side hustle. You know, you're probably thinking like, wait, you did red carpet and you're working. So I had a full-time job, but I was doing the red carpet reporting. And I said, you know what? I want to do my own thing. I, I want to interview people who I want to interview. And that's where I came up with the podcast. And um, I called it at the time, Beauty and the Vlog podcast. It's now the YouTube Power Hour podcast. And I sent out a bunch of cold emails to people I admired on YouTube and wanted to talk to. And surprisingly, people responded and said, sure. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, let's do it. And then that's how my podcast was born. That's really neat. I love how you just saw and noticed this sort of popular uh, thing that was happening in the YouTube space. And I remember five years ago, um, you know, when VidCon was happening, like people would just in droves go to see their favorite YouTuber. And I went mm -hmm. to VidCon two years ago and I saw the exact same thing. Like it's still happening today. So you were oh, sort yeah. of early on in featuring these YouTubers as celebrities. So I think that was very smart of you to sort of pay attention and, and notice that. And to turn that into a podcast is great. I think a lot of people who may be sitting and listening and asking themselves, well, well what can I do with myself with time? And I want to start something, but I don't know what. You had this interest, you had this this curiosity and starting a podcast is, is great. How um, simple was it for you to get one up and, and, and just kind of get into the rhythm of conducting your show? And what was that show like? How, how often was it coming out? So I remember hearing something saying that when you first launch a podcast, you want to have a bunch of episodes ready to go. Yep. So I had this ambitious goal of doing two interviews a week, um, which I pre-recorded, I think about 20 before I launched. Nice. Um, and so, and this was before kids, mind you. So when I had more time to do stuff like that, <laughs> I just batch record. And actually I still do that to this day. When I record my podcast, I literally do like five interviews a day. You batch process. Um, yeah. Oh, I totally, I'm a huge batch um, advocate. So uh, I batched about 20 and then for the first six weeks, I uploaded twice a week. And then after that I did weekly, but um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, too difficult. I mean, I would say the most difficult thing is aligning people's schedules and people, you yeah. know, canceling last minute and like, oh, can I do it this time or that time? That was probably the most juggling. But in regards to just actually doing it and, you know, getting lips in and, you know, recording it, I, I, I learned GarageBand and did all that good stuff. And I'm not a tech person, like at all. Like this, today I have a, someone who does all that for me, thank mm -hmm. God, but I was doing it. And so I was like, yeah, it was great. I had so much fun. That's right, really cool. Fun. I still do it. Yeah. What about the growth of the show when you first started within those first six weeks? Like, what were the numbers like? And, you know, you were starting from scratch. How did the growth, uh, what, what does it look like early on? Dude, that's actually a really good question. I mean, that was like four, four and a half years ago. I don't even remember what the numbers were. They probably weren't that great. You know, they were probably, I don't know. I honestly don't remember. So it didn't like I, skyrocket yeah. off the top. No. And the thing is, though, to this day, my podcast has never just skyrocketed. Like it's always been a very consistent, like even in my opinion, I don't want to say slow growth, but it's, it's, and I, I realize it's, it's a very niche, you know, it's women YouTubers, but I also believe that when you're niche like that, you don't have to have a huge audience to make money, but it never, it never did skyrocketed. Um, I definitely saw 
bumps when I was on other podcasts. I was asked to be on um, a while ago, the influencer podcast with Julie Solomon, and she has a really big audience. And another YouTuber who I who I had on my podcast, she started a podcast when she had me. So I saw some growth when I was on other podcasts, but it was very, very just consistent, slow growth, I would yeah. say. There was, I never got hit with like a boom. And the other thing I want to point out too, is that I really, really encourage and they don't always do this. They don't. Uh, but I really encourage my guests because they all had, you know, significant followings on YouTube to share that the the episode. So mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me. And I would see some bumps, you know, when certain YouTubers were so generous in sharing the interview with their audience. Some of them would even create videos and be like, you have to see this podcast I did. So I had some amazing people early on who were really so excited about it that they shared it with their audience. And I definitely saw some bump from there also. And I think that's a huge lesson. I think it's always great and you should ask everybody, but not expect everybody to do it and not be too forceful, but it just takes one or two to really make things happen for you. And I think that's really great. I, I want to get into your head a little bit again early on because we have a lot of early on podcasters listening to this as well or people okay. about to start a podcast. What kept you going? You've remained consistent for four years and there's a point at which I know business started to happen and I, I want to get into that eventually. But early days, what kept you going and, and, and were there any moments where you were like, oh, this is a drag now or-, or Yeah, what? and I and I quit. I did quit for six months. So oh, you I'll did? Tell you, yes, so I'll tell you what tell happened. Tell me that story. I, so essentially, because I was doing it as a hobby, I was genuinely passionate and excited about it. So money didn't play a factor. Um, I did have some sponsors early on, but it, I mean, it's very, it wasn't anything. Like really you didn't need to turn it into a business, you were saying? No. And I wasn't really intending to at the time. I, I mean, I thought maybe there was a, a chance that I would get some more sponsors or something like that, but it was really for the love of what I was doing. I genuinely enjoyed and loved um, interviewing people and learning their stories. And, but there was a point where I was like, um, okay, now what, you know? Mm. So, and that happened, I would say it was after I gave birth to my first daughter. So, and I know you have kids and a lot of times, you know, sometimes when you go through these experiences of having children, it really does put things into perspective and makes you think about things. So I did quit the podcast when I had my first daughter. And I basically gave myself a six month maternity leave. Like I told my audience I was taking a maternity leave. Like I thought maybe I was going to be gone for like a month, but then that turned into two months and Mm -hmm. three months. And I was so preoccupied with the baby and it was our first child and I was getting no sleep and we're having issues with breastfeeding. I mean, it was like everything under the sun. I was like, I can't even imagine doing anything other than taking care of this baby at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but then there was a, I was constantly getting people reaching out like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And I was like, Oh, you know, like I don't, I really love it, but you know, I need to figure out. That's when I started thinking, oh, I need to do something with this. Like I need to do something beyond this. Like I want to be able to help people more than what the podcast is is, is currently helping people with. Cause I was getting people asking me questions all the time about YouTube, all the time. And I'd gladly answer them. I enjoyed answering them. I, you know, through this process of interviewing YouTubers, I learned so much about YouTube. So, um, you didn't even have a YouTube channel yet, right? Yourself. No. Well, so when I first started the podcast, I did do some video podcasting and I did some episodes with video. So at that point I did start my channel for the purpose of the podcast, but I did quit that. Um, that same time when I quit 
the podcast, I quit the the uploading onto YouTube too because I was just I was over creating content at right, that moment. Right. Uh-huh. You just became an authority essentially by interviewing these other people and obviously picked up a lot of great information along the way. And now just your audience who has fallen in love with you is now asking you for YouTube advice. Yes. Wow. Yes. And what was interesting is not only that, but my guests that I had on the show, they would also ask me for advice. And you know how this goes. When you have an interview, sometimes you end up talking afterwards, you know, off mm-hmm. the record. Um, and that would happen to me. I would talk sometimes, you know, if I didn't have a busy schedule that day, sometimes I'd have 30 minutes, sometimes even an hour, you know, sometimes I really clicked. And a lot of these people I'm still very, very, very good friends with to this day. Um, and a lot of them would ask me for advice because granted, I wasn't on YouTube. And I didn't, I mean, I knew YouTube through these interviews, but I also had a business background. Um, I was in commercial real estate. I had actually a licensed apparel clothing line. I sold clothing at the Lakers, Kings, at the Staples Center here at universities. Um, and then I did that. I studied acting as well. So I have all these different elements of my life that contributed to actually really understanding the marketing and the screen presence of what's required to be successful on YouTube. I didn't even anticipate it. I didn't know it. Obviously, something was drawing me to this and maybe that mm-hmm. was it. I don't know. People always ask me, why Why YouTube? You weren't even onto YouTube. I found it fascinating. I really, really did. And I think it was, you know, my business brain, but also kind of that performance side of me was also very attracted to this. So... Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that a a huge lesson there for everybody is you can become the authority by just immersing yourself within a space and becoming the the essentially host of a show, just like Erica Mm -hmm. did. And I think that we've seen this with people like John Lee Dumas and with how transparent I am about certain things. I'm uh, like, I, I took the same approach when it came to my food trucker website, where I positioned myself not as the expert, but as somebody doing the research to find all the food trucks, to learn all the information. And now I get emails from people saying, Pat, I'm starting my food truck. Like, tell me what to do. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. like just by putting yourself out there, it's amazing. So it's almost making me wonder, like, if if I was starting from scratch today, what niche would I select and just who could I interview to just gain some notoriety there? I think that would be a pretty cool strategy to just take that approach and and something fun to experiment with maybe in the future. But I want to get into a little bit of when the business started kicking in. So you've been Mm -hmm. getting people to fall in love with you. They are listening to your show. They missed you when you left, but then now you're back and you're building connections with these amazing influencers, befriending them and and, and getting shared. And when does this Mm -hmm. turn into a business for you? How does it turn into a business? So after I came back, I decided I was just going to do the podcast. I, I wasn't going to do video podcasts anymore. Uh, I was like, I'm just going to do the audio. It was easier. And I'm like, okay. So I came back. I recorded more episodes. And then um, I. it seemed like that interest was just growing of people wanting help with their YouTube. Like people would just email me, Hey, I have this channel. Can you check it out? And I'm like, sure. And I would, and I'd give them advice and I'd get DMS. And, and then I got so many people asking me that I'm like, okay, like (laughs) I've spent a long time doing this. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just throw it out there. And I'll just see if anybody wants to have, you know, some coaching or whatever. So I just mentioned a couple episodes and then I, like I got some emails and then I worked, um, I did some coaching, like very, very inexpensively. It was just like, barely asking them for any money. It was Mm -hmm. more like, more like, so I could get that experience of coaching people. And I also knew, like I had a lot of 
confidence and my abilities to be able to give advice on YouTube. I had this understanding of the YouTube platform and I also had this understanding of uh, marketing and personal branding and also camera presence. So I was always very confident in my abilities to do that. Um, so it was just a matter of like, do I want to, you know? And so I was like, yeah, do it. This would be fun. And then I, I, you know, I worked one-on-one with, with, with some people and then a few of those people, their channels really took off, like really took off. Um, one of them even has over 600,000 subscribers today, wow. like a year and a half later. Um, and then other people started growing. And so they were coming back being like, Oh my God, like, you're really like, this is amazing. Like, like you're you really good at this. stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> so then they started to tell people and more people started to reach out. And then, so this is actually where you're, you're, you came into play because a lot of this was happening. And then I got pregnant again with my second daughter. And then I was still doing the podcast and kind of casually helping people here and there. And then I was at a point now where I was like, okay, I want to really do something with this. Like I really I'm doing, yes, I'm affecting people's lives with a podcast, but I just, I saw to the extent how I could truly impact somebody's life through the, the coaching advice that I gave, like life changing, like, you know, one of those people literally moved from the UK to the US and is now one of the number one YouTube creators in her niche, um, along with several other people that started businesses because of their YouTube channel, all from my help. So I realized, oh my God, like I can really have an impact. And when I, I remember thinking like, okay, how am I going to do this? How, how am I going to really do this? And it, it wasn't until I was, I just had my second daughter. And I remember to the day, like what I was doing, I was listening to one of your podcasts, Pat, and it was a podcast. I don't even remember who it, the guest was, but he said something, or you said something to the effect of anybody can start a business with 2000 email subscribers. Cause I didn't even have like, I had kind of an email list, but not, no, I don't even think I had an email. I didn't have an email list. I had no email list at this point. So I mind you, I've had a podcast for a few years and I had no email list. And so I'm like, Oh, I really, I should really do that. I should really start an email list. So I was like, okay, do what I'm going to do is I'm going to start an email list. I'm going to get 2000. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to email all those people and say, I'm going to do, I have this vision of doing this YouTube boot camp where it wasn't just me doing one-on-one. It was like, like me doing these group coaching sessions and doing a course and the other women in the community getting to know each other and all that. So I wanted to do a YouTube boot camp. I came up with this idea after listening to your episode. I'm like, okay, this is my plan. Like when you, when in that episode, when you said all you need is 2000, email subscribers to get to start a business, an online business, that that's what I need to hear for me to move direction in some way. Nice. Because this idea of starting a course, it was like, I had, I kind of had it in the back of my mind, this boot camp idea, but it just was, it just seemed like, ugh, I'll get to it. I'll get to another time. Ugh, I'm pregnant. Ugh, I'm nauseous. Ugh, I'm having, you know, like it was always like another time, another time. I'll just mm-hmm. keep uploading podcast episodes. So it was that interview where it clicked. I'm like, okay, that's it. That's, I'll just focus on that. And then at that point, when I have 2000, I'll figure out what to do, you know? And so I did that. I, I, I created a opt-in and it was a really sexy opt-in. I remember on the, the interview, um, the guy said, you got to create something that is really, really just your people really want. So I spent some time creating one that I knew my audience would love. And I got people subscribed and then I got about 2000 email subscribers. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this boot camp. I wasn't sure how I was going to do it. I didn't even know at that point if anybody was going to enroll. 
Um, actually I did know that's not true. I knew people were going to roll. I just didn't know how many, you know, mm-hmm. I knew I'll get some cause I've always had people saying, help me, help me. So, um, I did it. I announced it on my podcast. I sent out email blasts and I said, okay, if anybody wants to do this, um, enroll, you know, I, a few days, you know, I'm closing enrollment in two days. Uh, I sent out a bunch of emails. I mentioned it on my podcast and that was what they, what, what I now know as a beta. I didn't know what that was at the time, mm-hmm. but now I know that's a beta launch. And, uh, I think there were like 70 people that enrolled. And it was, uh, my first, yeah, it was a, I think it was a 30, 30,000, 30, 30 or 35,000. I'm not the best with numbers, but 30, $35,000 launch. And I was like, Whoa, that's amazing. That, yeah. What, I was like, like what was going through your head when you saw that come in and happen? Part of me was really excited, but part of me, I, I wasn't totally surprised because I did know that this was such a need for my audience. At the time I was kind of like, okay, this seems right to me. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm shocked. Uh, but it, it was definitely a little bit more than I expected, especially monetary wise. I didn't even think that number, but I was thinking like, yeah, I would have some people enrolled, but that many was, it was like, whoa, that, that's great. That's awesome. But it, it seemed right to me because people seemed excited. By the way, everybody, that episode that I'm guessing Erica listened to was episode 263 with Clay Collins about laddering yes. up. Yeah, Clay, that's his name. It was, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I remember that name. Um, I, it was definitely, that was it, yeah. That is really cool. Fun story, quick behind that particular episode. That was re-recorded because we recorded one time. It was not good. We both felt it. We said we can do better. Mm-hmm. So we did. And that episode has become the most popular episode uh, of SPI. It was that year, but it's it's the one that had the most downloads within the first month. I think within the first month, it had a quarter million downloads, which was a, by wow. far a record. And so glad to see it's still helping people, which is amazing. And that's that's the other truth about podcasting. It's evergreen. It can continually help people over time. And I love that you've turned your podcast and this passion. You listen to your audience. They were telling you essentially what they wanted. And without knowing all the steps up front, you just did mm-hmm. it. I think that speaks so highly to um, the kind of successful entrepreneurs that are out there today. They're just doing it and seeing what works. And sometimes it mm-hmm. works, sometimes it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. You're taking action and you definitely took action there. So Messy you, action, yes. <laughs> so you have these students now, you're working with them. What happens next? So this was kind of a, like you said, it's, you're taking action. I had no idea what I was doing. What I did know, what like I said, I had a lot of confidences was my ability to help women with their YouTube channels, my ability to help them see in themselves what they can do on YouTube, how they can shine on YouTube. I had that ability. I knew I had that ability and I had confidence in that. I was all, but, but I was experimenting in regards to like, um, like, (laughs) how am I going to create this course? So, um, I just did group coaching sessions every single week Mm -hmm. and, um, I did offer one-on-one sessions with different people. And then I did create, uh, uh, you know, some workbooks and things like that. So out of that, um, I had some amazing success stories and that was everything for me is having these testimonials. I had women that came out of there saying this was life-changing. I had business owners, um, one in particular who joined the boot camp, and she really understand the importance of YouTube, but also being really good on camera. Right after the boot camp, she ended up getting the opportunity to be on QVC to share her brand. And she's like, I never would have had that kind of camera presence if it wasn't for your boot camp. I had somebody else who skyrocketed to 100,000 subscribers. I had other people skyrocketed to 20,000, 50,000. I mean, I had some incredible testimonials. And 
all of them were like, yes, you know, I'll, I'll um, create a video for you. I'll do an audio for you. So from there, I, now I had something, I was like, okay, now I have, I can create a course. So after that, and keep in mind when I did this, this beta launch, like I had a two month old at home plus, uh, not even two-year-old at home. So it was just me kind of doing things during nap time. Um, a lot of nights, you know, I don't recommend this for the health reasons, but I, you know, I would be up until two or three in the morning because that's when I could get it done. And, um, after that I was like, okay, I could put a course together. So I basically spent a little while, probably longer than I should have putting a course together. And then I launched, for a second time. And, and that was an $80,000 launch, but I did all the promotions through my podcasts. I never have never to this day use ads. Wow. Just, yeah. if that's not enough to convince you to start a podcast, if you haven't already, uh, <laughs> what are yeah. you doing? But I mean, a lot of, I mean, by the way, this is how many years in the making? Well, that's the thing too, is that I, I spent, and I don't necessarily recommend that for everybody, but that was just my circumstances at the time. I spent a few years building an audience. Right. And so I haven't had to do ads, you know, and then I did another launch after that $80,000 launch, which was actually a six figure launch after that. Um, and so I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll start using ads, you know, let's, so I can scale and, and get to that next level. But all of this has been, and I've done launches in between that, that were more kind of smaller coaching type ones, um, as well, all through my podcasts. Like I'm, I'm so grateful for the day that I decided to start this podcast. I never anticipated that I would be doing what I'm doing today. Never in a million years, never. That's really amazing. And, and I always talk about the opportunities that can happen when you start your show. I think another smart thing that I want to point out really quick is that you um, did the coaching, like you said, and you even said it yourself, to get a little bit of that experience. And I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, Erica, um, after coaching those women and getting that uh, those success stories, like, did that not pump you up even more just to kind of figure out how else you can help them? Yeah. I mean, it really, those success stories validated what I already thought about myself, which is that I have the knowledge and experience to be able to that I know this, that I know this stuff, that I know it really well. So it validated my feeling and it just further, yeah, it further pumped me up. It further, like, if I can help those people, who else can I help? Who else is missing out on this experience that I know that they need? I know that they would benefit and I know could change your life. Did you read my book, Will It Fly? No. It's okay if you didn't. <laughs> I did. Because I'm you sorry. basically did everything that I teach in that book anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so for those of you who've read that book, you, you'll know, you know, you want to have conversations with your customers and you want to get, little micro experiments in place so that you can prove not just that there's a market there, which you did, mm -hmm. but you prove to yourself that you are qualified to teach these people through just getting one or two people a result. And that's that's basically what Will It Fly in my course mm -hmm. Smart From Scratch does is it helps you get that one result that lets you know that you can do this because the number one thing that's holding people back is, I don't know if I can do this. But guess what? Once you know you can, everything changes and you were able to do that sort of on your own. So congrats and just kudos to you on that. And tell me what life is like now for you. And I know you got the kids still and everything's going like what what's how's how are things different now? Yeah. So now it, it really is about how can like where do I where do I go from here? You know, I've had six figure launches. I've had um, I've helped hundreds of women so far. And it's like I 
I just want to take this further. I want to explore other options in regards to getting myself out there, the program out there, my system out there. I, I have my zero to influence system that I teach all these women and that have impacted their lives. Like it's a truly like I get emotional when I think about the lives that I've been able to impact. And that's it's not just about the money. It's not it can't be not when you're you're, you know, doing something like day in and day out for hours and hours. For me, it really boils down to changing these women's lives for the better. And it's, mm. I know I teach YouTube, but for so many of the women that come to me, either they already have a business and they want more exposure through their, for, uh, for their business, or they're, they're wanting to make YouTube their business and they want to quit their job. Like they're not happy. And so when they're, I literally just got a DM yesterday saying, Erica, I'm on track to quit my job this year. Thank you so much. I could never have done it without you. I hit my goal of like, I don't know how many subscribers it was. Um, and she's like, I hit my goal. I, I'm going to do it and I have to thank you. And I get these messages from my boot campers, from my students, and it's it's everything. It's, it's everything to me. And I just want to be able to impact more women, get myself out there more. So it's, yeah, I mean, life is, life is good. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm a mom and I have two very young children and so it's, it's still juggling that. I'm still learning how to balance things. I'm still trying to create systems with my, you know, uh, with my team. And it's, it's a lot of messy action. I, it's a lot, especially it's like, I, right now I am recording this, you know, while my daughters are napping, I'm literally sitting on the floor in my bedroom because, you know, my other daughter's in the, in my office, that's, that's where she naps. So it's like, it's just a lot of messy action, but at the root of it, it's just my passion of helping women and wanting to help them and change their life. Like that's, that's where I always come from. So I might, I make mistakes here and there and it's not always perfect, but that's ultimately my vision. And I'm just trying to do what I can to, to get there. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being real and being honest about that. I think messy action is a really good term that I think a lot of us can relate to, um, but it's action nonetheless. And I think that's mm -hmm. that's the key. It would behoove me not to ask you a little bit about YouTube and YouTube strategies, if you don't mind yeah. digging into yes. that just for a little bit here to finish off, because I've been diving into YouTube a lot recently. I know a lot of my audience has a YouTube channel or is thinking mm -hmm. about that too. Obviously, if you're thinking about a podcast and a YouTube channel from scratch, I would pick one and go with it, whichever one you you think is best. But Good advice, Pat. That's one of the things I always say that is pick one platform, know it really, really well. Yes. Don't be doing a bunch of different platforms. And yeah. Thank you for supporting me on that one. <laughs> I do. I 100% do. <laughs> so if you choose to go into YouTube at one point, mm -hmm. Uh, for right now, or at least here in 2020, what seems to be working for people? How do you grow your channel? So I know that many of the people listening are business owners, right? Mm -hmm, many, yes. Uh, online business owners. So the number one thing that you really want to think about is YouTube is, no, is not just about informing people. You have to entertain people while also giving information. The YouTube creator or the YouTube entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself, that is able to marry both information and entertainment, they're the ones that go far. It's not just about coming on board and be like, okay, I'm going to do keyword research. Okay, I'm going to do a video about that. Okay, I'm going to talk about this. Yeah, you, you could do so much with that. But if you want to be a YouTube influencer, which is my goal for my students, like my goal is to have them all get a silver play button, which is 100,000 subscribers, right? You can get so far. Yes, you could do informational videos. But if you really want to be an influencer on YouTube, you have to marry both entertainment and information. That's the first thing I would say. 
don't know if you have any questions about that. I, I was could just going to add some color commentary on that because yeah. I, uh, I've never heard anybody just straight up say that. But I think mm-hmm. we all kind of know that, right? Yep. So it's really cool for you to, to just come come right on out of the gate saying that because I found that to be true too. I've, for the last nine years, uh, since I started my YouTube channel, 10 years now, actually 20, 2009, I started my YouTube channel. Wow. For the first 10 years, I was giving information mm-hmm. and it was the best information and it yeah. helped a lot of people. It got found on search and it did a lot of great things. But I found that ever since I've switched to trying to be entertaining, which means mm-hmm just leaning into who I am a little bit more by adding a lot of fun elements, by adding a lot of pattern interrupts so that it keeps a person watching. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I can see the future of my YouTube channel being much bigger, much, much more grand and honestly much more just fun to produce and be a part of as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that now too. And I wish somebody just told me, hey, make sure just at least your videos are somewhat entertaining too. Yeah, that's the difference between being a YouTuber versus a person that uploads YouTube videos. That's who I was. Mm-hmm. That's who I was. Exactly. And I was never a YouTuber. Not not to say I want to be a full-time YouTuber. I, I just want Well, you my, got a lot going on, Pat. <laughs> I got a lot going on. I'd rather be known as a podcaster than a YouTuber. Yeah. But the YouTube game's fun, and there's a lot of uh, opportunities there too, especially if the algorithms are in your favor today. <laughs> well, and you said, you said something too, like, you know, everyone kind of knows that. And it's true. It's like everyone, I think, instinctively, everyone knows that, but nobody actually, a lot of people don't realize that they have to do it also if they're going to be on YouTube. Like, I'll, I'll get so many people coming to me like, Erica, why aren't, why aren't I growing, blah, blah. I'm like, because your videos are boring. Like, <laughs> they're boring. Up. It's information, but they're boring. And let's look at Sally over there and Susie over there and Hannah over there who's talking about the same stuff. In fact, they're pre- they're not giving nearly as much information, but their videos are way more interesting mm-hmm. and way more entertaining. And if you want to make an impact on YouTube, like I know that you want to do, you've got to dial it up. You have to bring your 100%. You've got to bring your A game every single time in front of the camera. And that goes with what you mentioned too, like editing elements, like pattern interrupts and music and um, just all these different things that, you know, I'm sure we can go on and on about, but you have to understand that if people want information, if they want to just information, there are millions of blogs out there. There's tons of podcasts out there. We're on information overload. People come to YouTube because they want to be entertained and learn something at the same time. They want to see it. They want to see it visually. They don't want to just look at a talking head for 20 minutes. Having said that, some people can get away with that. And they're, and, and you have to kind of know yourself. If you're that kind of person that can sit in front of a camera for 20 minutes and people can't keep their eyes off of you, then you have a talent and you should go with that. Mm-hmm. But most of the people that come to me that are business owners, they've got amazing talents, but that might not be one of them. So we have to now create entertainment in various different ways. And it's, and it's once you start learning how to do it, you realize, like you said, ah, okay, I get it now. So. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to be yourself or be this no. exaggerated mouth always yourself. open, like, ah, like crazy person. Exactly. That's why I say you want to know yourself because you want to be the best version of yourself. I always say that when or I- The most when, entertaining version of yourself. Most entertaining, but it's some people don't know what that means. Like, what does that mean? Am I going to be like dancing around? It's like, it's truly like the best version of yourself. The person that is like super, like think about why you got into this in the first place. Like that passion, that magnetism. Because I, I have what's called OCET or on-camera energy energy transfer. That's what I teach my people. I say, you have to have on-camera energy transfer because the only way somebody's going to relate to you, want to watch you, want to keep watching you is if they're feeling that emotion through the camera. Mm. And if, if you're just sharing information and there's no passion behind it, next, they're moving on to someone who does have that. 
Dang, that was good. Thank you, Erica. <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm just like reflecting on my videos now, and which is why I'm having this long pause. I apologize to everybody. Anyway, uh, Erica, we could talk about YouTube strategies, and we'll have to do that at some point in the future and collab at some point. But uh, just appreciate you coming on and, and, and for being just this amazing energy that's here. You have on-camera energy transfer and on-podcast energy transfer too. Thank so <laughs> uh, I appreciate you. Where can people go to learn more from you? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I, I'm inspired. I have questions. Like I'm on Instagram all the time. DM me there. I love chatting with people. I mean, that's maybe a little too much, but I just love it. So you can go over to Instagram at beauty and the vlog, V-L-O-G. DM me. Hey, I heard you on Pats, blah, blah, blah. And we'll chat. Um, and my podcast is the YouTube Power Hour podcast. So it's, you know, yes, it's, I, I feature a lot of women on the podcast and it's kind of geared towards women, but I do have a, I have male listeners and they tell me, Hey, this is the best kept secret for like men out there. They don't know. You have such good information. I'm like, yeah. So I know we have a lot of male listeners here. So definitely don't be shy. Come on over to uh, the YouTube Power Hour podcast and you can, you can find me there or, or my website, ericavira.net. So. Awesome, Erica. You're amazing. Thanks so much for coming on. I recommend everybody check out all those resources. We'll put them in the show notes for you. But Erica, take care. Keep helping loads of people because uh, it's just inspiring. Thank you so much. Oh, Pat, thank you so much. This has been an honor. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Erica. Again, you can find her at the YouTube Power Hour podcast and you can find her on YouTube now as well. And uh, of course, ericaviera.net. And uh, just, uh, as you can tell, just a ton of knowledge, a ton of energy, and I just loved every moment of that interview. So thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you. If you wanna get the links and the resources slash show notes for this episode, just head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 414. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 414. And as always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. We got a lot of great content coming your way. I see the list of upcoming sessions right ahead of me and you're not gonna wanna miss it. So again, hit that subscribe button. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.